It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. Yes, that voice means Mike Schaefer has returned from Parks Unknown. Joining Michael Brunson, Brian Christopherson, did you enjoy a multi-podcast break without me, gentlemen? We just talked old guy stuff. Just a bunch of Seinfeld references flying back and forth. Basically, we we talked we did talk a little lawn mowing, um, oh, some, okay. some yard situations. Um that was about it. I feel I, we there was a commitment in there. That it got a Keelan Smith commit. Yep. Um, anything else? I, I don't think you missed much. That's nothing new. Can Can I admit my latest failure of home ownership? Since you know, I just want to dive in on the old guy talk for a minute. Well, sure. What All do you right. got? I didn't. Brunts is annoyed. I didn't. Uh, I didn't mow. Or I didn't have anyone mow when I was gone. And I was thinking, like, I could get back. It wouldn't be that high. I don't have, like, I don't have enough um, places to put the clippings. So I, like, bagged half of it. And then I had to mulch the other half of it when it's, like, clearly higher than the mower. And now my backyard is basically just a bunch of just, like, clipping disaster everywhere. I don't, I don't really know how to solve this other than I think I have to bag it again. But then I don't have anywhere to put the clippings. It's like this horrible catch twenty-two. I, I pay for this tote, and the yard is apparently too big clippings-wise to put it all into the tote. So I, it's just like this. Uh, I don't know what to do. This is can't, can't you just get a couple yard bags? Yeah, I could, but that requires me to like leave my house and go into a a, a place and buy something. I don't know. I classic I don't, classic old guy move. Go wander around Ace for about 20 minutes. You'll be fine. I've I've spent so much time in Ace in my war against these robins who have started building their nests <laughs> in different places now. All I've managed to do is move them about four feet from instead of pooping directly in front of the glass doors, they've now moved under the deck and are building nests and pooping on everything under there. So it's it's not going great. All right. I've used up too much of our time. Brian, welcome back. You're no, I'm here. You may, you may, yeah, you made a mistake, but uh, that's uh, that's like when Nebraska in the past era would make a mistake with eight minutes left in the second quarter, and you thought, well, that's going to be the defining story. You don't have to let that be the defining story that you made a yard mistake. You can change this. There is a whole other half to play. I guess. Yes, so. look at it that way. <laughs> all right, I appreciate that. That's that's actually very positive and motivating. Uh, all right. We are uh, we're back with our podcast today. We're going to dive into some wide receiver talk right now. Garrett McGuire, Nebraska's wide receivers coach, uh, has his work cut out for him as he's trying to pull production from players that have never produced at a particularly high level or have played college football. And then there's Billy Kemp and Marcus Washington. So he's kind of got a wide open room. Michael Bruns, what stands out to you about Nebraska's wide receiver room going into 2023? Yeah, I mean you're you're hoping you're hoping two things. You're hoping that IGC and Xavier Betts can give that that room a little shot in the arm. 
And then you're hoping that multiple guys who are that didn't go through spring ball with you are going to need to be ready to go. And those are generally not high percentage plays. Um, or at least they haven't been at Nebraska typically, but um, you know, I, I think, I think this staff has gone into the summer and, and, you know, the, gone through the spring with the thought that those guys are going to be, need to be ready to play when they get there, whether that's Malachi Coleman, Jaden Doss, Bryce Turner, um, who also Jalen Lloyd. Um, you know, you've got a number of guys there that um, you got options, but you're going to need a couple of those guys to, to be more than just, you know, four game red shirt type guys. BT, what, what realistically can we expect um, from someone like Josh Fleet? who was brought in as a transfer portal guy, played for Matt Rule briefly at Baylor, uh, and is now, you know, kind of a, a veteran wide receiver in the room, but it doesn't have a lot of production to his name. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think, uh, I don't know that he's going to start, but I think he's going to fit within the rotation, and he's a guy where you just hope pops up, you know, for uh, a couple plays a game, you know, where he, he does something where you're like, okay, there he is, and, and he helped move the chains. And if he can contribute that as much as anything, his role to me, um, I've said this before, but Trey Neal uh, in 2018, when he kind of came into that defensive back room and he was like, this is the way this staff does things. I think Fleeks can do that for for the new coaching staff, um, knowing Garrett McGuire as he does and can probably be a pretty instrumental guy. I, I would say Billy Kemp could do that too with these young guys who are coming in the summer. That's the most interesting storyline. We could almost stop and start it there for me is the new guys. Um, there's going to be a couple that play. I'm, I'm, I'm almost sure of it. And I think it's, it's uh, something in the past where we've thought, well, that guy's not going to uh, see the field for another year or so. Cause he just got here. Um, it's a different dynamic. Uh, with rule now we've seen that at other position groups like a defensive line where you hear about like Brody Tagaloa and like how he could be involved this this year after just jumping over to that side of the ball uh, same thing here with the wide receivers even though they're going to have to pick it up fast I would expect there's going to be at least a couple guys who um, get their opportunities to get some real snaps so that's the exciting part about this group but you can be anxious about it and I think that's fair but you can also have some optimism that hey we've wanted for a long time to see a Nebraska receiver room where young guys like get on the field early and and contribute and then they grow and they stick in this program and they're here a while um, maybe this is the start of that you can hope Brunts we're about a month away from that yearly email chain where someone mentions that we need to we need to start pulling together our most indispensable Huskers list it's usually BC who's on top of the ball for that one is there any way that Billy Kemp isn't in the top three to start the year for you as you look at Nebraska's roster um putting you on the spot I'm trying to think if there would be three others Jeff Sims is going to be top three uh, you, you yeah. want my you want my twenty five right now? We'll just run through. No, I don't. I don't want your twenty five right now. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I think we can save that. We're going to need some podcast content throughout the summer, so we're certainly going to be diving into that when it's when it's time. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I, it seems to me it's going to be real, really hard to keep Billy Kemp out of your top three. No, I, I agree. I mean, I think I've thought since he committed that he's probably going to be Nebraska's leading wide receiver. I mean, just when he's been healthy, he's been a high-volume guy. He's not necessarily a take-the-top-off-of-defense kind of guy, but I think he's a good route runner. I think you saw he can do a little bit after the catch, too, in the red-white game. And, you know, they, they went out looking for wide receiver production and, and a veteran guy, and I think he's he's been a really kind of good fit for that room and that group. So um, I, I think he can be extremely productive. Um, and and I, I mean, right now you're – it's basically Billy Kemp. You're you're hoping that Marcus Washington can can do something there. And you know, actually, Josh Fleeks. I was just looking at his numbers. I mean, his first couple of years at Baylor, he was he was moderately productive. So you have a little bit there, but um, yeah, I mean, nobody even close to the level of Billy Kemp. So I would I would say he's probably uh, he's going to be on the medal stand for my 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 list for sure. Just a matter of whether he's getting the bronze, the silver, or the gold, I guess. Yes. Yep. Uh, all right, Brian, we'll we'll finish up wide receiver talk with this. You mentioned your you think it starts and stops with, with a couple young guys having to break out. Give me two that you're intrigued by when we get to fall camp to, to hear what the coaches have to say about these freshmen that are going to be enrolling in late May, early June. Yeah. Um, I'll start with Jaden Doss. I just think that you talk about a coaching staff that has spoken of positionless offense and Satterfield has said that and, and guys who can move all over the place. I mean, that's Jaden Doss to a T as a recruit. Like the, when we first were tracking him as a possible Husker commit, you would hear that Debo Samuel ish type guy, you know, that everybody uses that him as the example of a guy who, who will go everywhere and so I, I could see where they would could really fall for a guy like Doss. I think he sometimes gets forgotten about because um, he committed so long ago, but it's time to, I think, focus back on him and see what he can do. Jeremiah Charles, I think, is really interesting. Um, just as uh, I, I, I feel like um, between him and Ishmael Smith-Flores, who's maybe more of a tight end type, talking to people down there, like Jeremiah might have even been a little bit more ahead as far as not being quite as raw as uh, mm -hmm. Smith Flores. And I don't think the public kind of thinks of it that way because Jeremiah kind of popped on the scene after Ishmael. But I think he's a guy who can definitely take the top off a of defense. And um, I, I think other guys are kind of getting the focus of the conversation among the arrivals, but Jeremiah Charles should be right there. He's just a freak athlete. You look at his triple jumps and stuff like that, that he's putting up and, how he is on the basketball court and just the way he moves. Uh, I can see why they really fell for him or rule fell for him when he was down there on that trip. So he's, he's pretty interesting to me. All right. We are going to change things up and take a quick break right now. But when we return, Michael Brunts has went down into the basement of his house, lugged out the wheel, has chiseled away your questions that you asked at Husker247.com. And we are going to get to those wheel questions next on the Husker 24-7 podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is time to spin the wheel. Brunch, are you ready? Have you been have you been training? Yeah, I uh, I did some some curls this morning to kind of loosen things up a little bit. We've got the topics on there, some longer than others, some more random than others. We'll see where the fate of the wheel leads us. So should I give it a spin? Yeah, I, I think go ahead and spin it. Show off your options right, of work here. Oh, we're going. Man, oh. good spin. How much, how much yeah. does that weigh? Uh, I don't, I've never weighed it. We don't have a scale big enough here. Um, oh, okay. It's just reporter estimated size. Okay, there we go. All right, we're going to start off it, apparently lighthearted on, on the first one. Um, a little non-sports talk here. Um, so if you had to choose, you, you only get pizza or tacos for the rest of your life, not both. You have to choose one, and the other one is just a distant memory of deliciousness. I don't know why I chiseled all this in there, but what, uh, which, which are you picking and going hmm. with? Pizza or tacos? Those That's the options. question. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm going tacos. Pizza. Why? Because you can do a lot. You can you can uh, you got a lot of options with tacos. You can put different things in it, different flavors. You can do the I mean, same that's... with pizza, but I but the tacos it's perfect. It's like the perfect vessel for for food. Tacos and burritos. <clears throat> it's all you need. See, the fact that I can still have burritos. And other, you know, things that are like in the taco family. I don't, yeah. I don't know that I can do that as easily with pizza. So you could have a calzone. You could calzone. Not the same. I could have a calzone. You're right. You're right. That was unfair. A stromboli. You can always mess with a little stromboli. There's lots of Italian options. Don't be You could argue. Some have said that quiche is like a breakfast pizza for those that don't have taste. Who says um, that? I don't know. Again, people that don't have people. taste. Just people. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go pizza. <laughs> Nobody I'm, I know. I'm going pizza. Yeah, so, I'm going to say I'm going to say pizza. I mean, it, we can take pizza for granted, but let's not. It's like sometimes uh, on Twitter or something, they'll be like, who has the best like fries? Like, and someone will put uh, McDonald's fries and I haven't been to McDonald's as much. But then I'm like, you know what? That's true. Like I, you can take for granted certain things. Um, because they've just been around and they're such a part of your daily existence. But if we didn't have pizza, when it it just wouldn't be the same around here. Yeah, I just uh, did not be able to just have a nice slice of pizza it would be just a, a disappointing reality in life, I suspect. So I'm I I feel like it was an easier question for me than maybe for Bruns. That's a warm up. That's a warm up. All right. So all right, we'll spin again. There's there's actually a significant number of breakfast meat questions on this wheel this week. I don't know why, but... All right, okay. yeah, I love talking All right. breakfast. And stopped. Hmm. Not a good spin uh, that time, Brooks. What's that? Not a great spin that time. Yeah, I, did, I didn't. It kind of slipped. Um, all right, so we can go a little rapid fire with this. Who will lead the team... In rushing yards and touchdowns, that's the first one. Let's let's go around. Who you got? Uh, Ramir Johnson in rushing yards. Who's leading in touchdowns? Like total touchdowns or just rushing touchdowns? Rushing. The I'll wheel says Irvin. rushing. Gabe Irvin. Okay, Brian. Gabe Irvin for both. I'm going to go with where where coaches are directing us with the compass. 
I'll go Gabe Irvin yards. I'll go. I'll go Jeff Sims mm. for for touchdowns. Fun. I'm surprised you didn't go Harburg and just send everybody into a frenzy. <laughs> well, when you were gone too, they got a commitment from Caden Becker, the walk on, and there was some yep. some wildcat quarterback talk. So don't don't discount that possibility. A, uh, um, a Becker bulldozer formation. The yeah. Beck dozer. Beck dozer. All right. Second, second from that <laughs> same question. Um, who leads Nebraska in sacks mm, this season? Sacks. <clears throat> That's good. In individual sacks. It's going to be a freshman. It's going to be really? a freshman. Okay. And Which it's one? going to be <laughs> Prince Will Uman Mielin. And it's not mm. going to be a very high number either. It's going to be six. Which is good for a freshman. You would take. I think I would take six from him right now if you. Well, yeah, I think everybody would be excited about. But if you were to just tell someone Nebraska's sack leader is going to have six, people are going to be upset by this. Now, if you tell them it's a true freshman, they're going to be like, "Well, that's good for him, but bad for the team." Yeah. Brian, I'm not real confident in this, but I'll say Luke Reimer. Boo, Luke Reimer. Why I, I don't know. I just wanted Brian to feel self-conscious about it. I think Luke could thrive in this defense, but I'll tell you what, I'm all sorts of intrigued at what the heck's going to happen at linebacker in fall camp because I don't think anybody's job is safe, so that's why I say I'm not confident. And I'm talking about returning guys, all that. If you heard the rule talk on John Bullock, John Bullock's going to play. And then you've you got MJ Sherman, Chief Borders, all these guys. I don't know. But, but I'm going to say Reimer just because – from the beginning, I thought, man, that guy can fit in the Tony White scheme. He can make some chaos. I think of that Northwestern game when he first jumped on the scene. Let's get some of that rolling again. So I'm going to say Luke Reimer. I'm going to go uh, MJ Sherman for me. I like the I like the linebacker thought. I was I was considering dark horse Kai Wallen as maybe a wow. uh, way out of right field name. I like uh, it, but but I'll go MJ Sherman. I think he's going to have a significant impact. And uh, I think he's he's I I'll say seven and a half for my seven number. and a half that'd be good yeah uh, anybody else on that topic before we spin again no all right we're spinning uh, left handed spin, you spin, did spin, that spin. one left hand yep <laughs> wow I'm gonna go no look next time I think all right uh, okay going along the same same vein. Give, give me a Jeff Sims stat line projection. Oh boy! <laughs> so we'll, we'll make Jeff this Sims. Real, I've got one for you. I got we'll make this relatively you. easy. I want I want passing yards, oh. touchdowns, and interceptions, and completion percentage. And if you're feeling feeling a little froggy, give me rush yards and touchdowns. Okay, so you, I thought you just wanted a stat that we just picked, but all right. Oh yeah. <laughs> The wheel wasn't specific, but um, no, I was I was thrown off. I didn't realize you wanted the entire football card. Stat. You don't have to. Just give give me a number. Give me give me something. Give, give me a, a number out of your head. A stat. Can I just give, give me you a Jeff Sims prediction? He's going to have less than ten total turnovers in the twenty twenty three season, and this is while also making double digit starts. So that's fumbles lost and interceptions will be less than ten. For 2023. 
Wow. I was trying to, he's like a what 60, mm. like 62, 63% passer generally. Yeah. I'm gonna say he improves that by five percent and gets close to 70. I'm 68? Gonna say 68? 68 for Brunts? Yeah, 68 percent. Wow. That's remember, what I'm going with. remember when uh didn't Taylor Martinez in one year say like was 70 percent remember when that was like an off-season topic for like five months like he, he threw out threw out a number he was but then he, like he he was tracking really well yeah he was doing it. really yeah. yeah he tore it that was a southern miss year right where he the opener where he just lit it up right off the bat yep. yeah um man you guys have taken you've taken take taken all the good ones we took um, the good ones taken them um I'm going to say Jeff Sims runs for 315 positive yards. 315, which I think is like... Is that going to be the net total? No. Um, no, I just think that's a positive yardage. Because okay. I think I think he's going to fall... What I'm trying to get at is I think he's going to fall in that happy medium where, yeah, he can run it, but it's not going to be the deal where it's like Adrian running for 600 like i think there's a middle ground there that's could be effective if i set the over under at 23 and a half total touchdowns between passing and running for jeff sims is that too low too high or just right 23 and a half yeah that's pretty tough i mean that's a good number you'd have to i i think that's a good number is what i'd say I think 25 yeah. would be too high to just set as a number, but 23, 23 and a half, right in that range, mid low 20s. So, all right. We didn't quite answer the question, but we answered our own version of the question. Yes. Um. All right. We'll give it no one luck. more spin. No Couple luck. More spins. No luck. Okay. Uh, so we had, we had some transfer portal conversations sent in here. Um, do you, this is, this is more of a broad question, but what, what have been your overall thoughts? Give me, give me your one minute summation of your thoughts on the transfer portal to this point. Cause we just wrapped up the spring portion of, of the transfer portal. I don't know that it, it was as uh good i guess as as maybe what we were expecting but what what uh how's the portal gone for you guys how does it how does it uh strike you hmm i'm not as bothered by it as i think the general population is um I feel like there's definitely some tampering going on that I can understand the frustration. Like if you're a head coach and you know that there's guys talking to your players, well, they shouldn't be. Um, so that part stinks. Um, however, um, I think over time, I I have to think that the number of guys entering it is going to drop a little bit as we go forward because there is starting to be an understanding that the grass is not always greener. There's not always going to be other opportunities. But I also do think the portal in some cases um, just moves up the storyline for a guy's life a little bit. This is sort of uh, brass tacks, but like some guys just aren't going to make it at a certain level. 
and it's clear by like the second or third year. And um, the honest truth is sometimes it's probably better for both parties that that gets resolved uh, quicker than later. Right. I mean, instead of just sticking it out five years where something's not going to happen in a certain place, you can, you can give it a shot elsewhere in the FCS, whatever. So I'm not as down on it as everybody else, I guess is my answer. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't know that I believe that you can just use the portal to replace actual recruiting. Like, I, I think that it's nice to, to grab a player or two, but the work still has to come uh, on the recruiting trail first and foremost. And I think that there's always kind of speaking to what Brian said, you know, there's always going to be a player or two that goes in that maybe catches you a little bit by surprise, but for the most part, um, I still really believe you got to build your team with your own recruiting. Like, I just don't think you can build a portal roster uh, and have success. We'll see with what Deion Sanders does at Colorado. Uh, but even, you know, Michigan State, which was the bell of the ball in 2021, was largely not good in 2022. And now their quarterback left for 2023. Like, I just – I don't know that you can just build your program – using like a big portal year is just going to set you up for any sustained success either. So I think everything all points back to being really good in terms of building through evaluation on the front end and development. When those guys are here, you try to keep what you can, you try to grab what you can that, that can, you can plug and play, but I just don't think you're ever going to make it uh, a successful endeavor to continually have to get double digit players out of the portal every year. I just don't think that's going to ever work. And I, I don't see any evidence to counter that at this point in time. The, the window thing is interesting to me that like, you know, the, that was supposed to bring simplicity to things. I think it did to a degree, like, but I, I think what you essentially have done is kind of what ended up happening with the two signing periods. Like, all of a sudden, like the December time is like that. That's when everybody goes in. And then in the spring, it's kind of like, well, I mean, there's a few guys in there, but not mm-hmm. not the depth of quality and just the number of guys in there. It's like you, you, if you're going to do anything in the portal, I feel like you almost have to get it done in December and January because there's just not not a lot of options. I mean, like if if, if you're a player that, you know, wants to throw your name in and hope to get a big NIL payday. I mean, I think you could do that and you're probably better off doing it in the spring. Cause I feel like those are the bulk of the guys that, you know, are really getting highly recruited right now. So I, I don't know what the window thing is going to, if that's going to continue, if they're going to change it. I mean, it feels like, like everything almost with college football, where you're kind of trying to figure out things as you go along, um, you know, repercussions be damned. So, um, that's kind of my thought on it. The, the, the question was, it was a, a long one of a number of topics around transfer stuff, but um, we'll, we'll give it another spin here because we're getting up against the clock a little bit. All right. That was a quick one. Uh, give me two X factors for Nebraska in 2023. Go. <clears throat> Um, do we want to narrow the scope, like just players, players that are X factors for 2023? No. Or anything that are X factors. Anything. Any X factor. Choose your own adventure. It literally says that on the wheel, whatever you want. I'll just start with one and we can go around. I, I mean, it's, 
kind of cheating maybe, but turnover margin, just like I've always, every year it's like, what does Nebraska football look like if we actually watched a team that was like plus six or plus seven by the end of the year? You know what I mean? It, it feels like every season it's just like they're negative or trying to break even. And uh, what if we had that sort of defense and maybe Tony White has specialized at, at this in the past that is just really good at taking the football away and you start to play a little bit like Iowa has played, you know, where you're up, you're up four to one in the turnover game. I'm speaking of the turnover game only, not, not offensive football. So I, I think the turnover factor is a big, big deal. Like I, I completely agree on that. And I will add another piece that tends to go hand in hand with Nebraska's lack of success over the last handful of years. I think Tristan Alvano just coming out and winning that job, in the fall and giving you a reliable kicker that when you're at the 25 yard line and it's fourth and eight, you don't have to sit there and wonder whether you got a guy that can make a 42 yard field goal that you actually get points on the board. Because I think it reinforces throughout your locker room. It reinforces with the defense, like the amount of times Nebraska's defense has had to trot back out there after a failed fourth down conversion or a missed field goal. And then you have no margin for error because you can't put up enough points uh, I just think that it would be such a huge relief to this team if, and this isn't to take anything away from Timmy Bleak Road, who is fine, but if Tristan Alfano just comes in and, you know, nobody's automatic, but he's just rock solid right away and it just gives your offense a lift. It, it gives your team a lift. I, I just think that's a huge thing for this team. I, I regard special teams play in general, sure, but the place kicking game, to be really, really valuable. Because if you have a freshman that can just come in and start knocking things down, I think it's huge for the overall mood and the attitude in that locker room. Uh, offensive line, the whole offensive line, that's your that's the next factor. Um, they don't need They're to the, the X-Men? They don't need to be the pipeline. Who they gets to be need, Wolverine? Uh, well, probably Nori, right? <laughs> we'll let him know. He'll appreciate it, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, that, that group doesn't need to be like – they don't need to be world beaters. There, there just needs to be progress. And if you can protect Jeff Sims a little bit, if you can run the ball a little bit, run some power, and, you know, build on, you know, what, whatever you were able to get done last year, I think that this team's got a chance to, to surprise some people. And Matt Rule's been very vocal about supporting that group. They kept Donovan Rayola, um, so you have continuity there. That that group, to me, more than about anybody on the roster, is going to determine how good Nebraska is this year. So that that is, in my mind, probably the the biggest X factor. The, the Alvano one's interesting. I I wouldn't have gone there, but that's that's a that's a good one. I'll give you, you give you some props there, Brian. I got that that week of of refresh, you know, and mm-hmm. come in fresh eyes and. Clarity. All I can think about is just Christian Alvano for three. You were just staring out over a mountain vista thinking to yourself, Alvano, if only Nebraska Alvano, can Alvano. consistently bang through a 39-yard field goal. No, I'm just sitting there at Red Rocks wondering, I wonder if Tristan Alvano could kick this to the city lights of Denver right now. That thin air up there. That's what I was thinking. Brian, you got another? Okay. Um, this goes back to wide receivers. Xavier Betts and or Isaiah Garcia Casaneda just being big hits. Like 
at least one of them where it's just which, like which one would be more likely to you as being a productive uh, contributor for the team in 2023 oh man that's tough um i kind of <laughs> i'm gonna say garcia castaneda i just i just have a good feeling about how he can fit in this uh, and that's not to say xavier can't that's why i said and or because i think both could but uh, Garcia Castaneda has intrigued me since that first game last year. I thought, like, I like that guy in space. Um, he seems like he can fit with what they want to do. And I, the way Garrett McGuire spoke of him earlier this spring made me think they really liked what he was about. And so uh, if, if one or both of those guys just can be a playmaker, that changes how we're talking about the wide receivers right away, you mm -hmm. know, regardless of what the young guys do. I'm with you on Isaiah Garcia Castaneda as well. I just, uh, he's done it more. He's done it at this level more. Uh, I just trust him more than I do Xavier Betts, I think. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I hope they're both great, but I think it'd be IGC for me as well. You got another one, Mike? Um, another X Factor? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, like, obviously you got to, you got to stay healthy to a degree, but that's true of every football team in the country. That's not anything special related to Nebraska. I mean, they, they tend to, for whatever reason, their rash of injuries seem to line up in one position and just render it moot. Uh, we see this happen every year where it's just one position room just gets wiped out. Um, I, this isn't really an X factor, but I really feel like their second level needs to play well for this defense to have any success. Uh, you know, there's a lot that I think is asked of those linebackers and they wear a bunch of different hats and it's pretty versatile and, and everything else. But, um, you know, we'll we'll see, you know, how that plays out with that second level. It's not really an X factor, but I think it's going to be important. Uh, Jeff Sims. I mean, he's got to be he's got to be the NFL type quarterback or close to it that, that Matt Rules talked about. I mean, you. You lost Casey Thompson, Logan Smothers still in the portal, um, portaling. And, you know, the I think the the gap right now between Sims and everybody else is pretty significant. So um, you know, he, he needs to, to play well. He needs to, I think, be be better than, than uh the numbers he had at Georgia Tech. And, you know, I, as much as you know, I say the offensive line needs to be good, I think if you can find a quarterback that clicks um, that that is always a pretty surefire way to ensure that, you know, the first year of a, a coaching staff um, goes well, if you can get good quarterback play. So an obvious one, but Jeff Sims. All right. Is there, a, we got anything left on the wheel that you've removed the plates that have already been used. It's looking a little Spartan or you have a spin left in you, Brunts. Uh, I, I've got one left, and I, I promised you a lot of breakfast questions, apparently. It was just uh, front of mind for everybody, but you only get one breakfast meat for the rest of your life. What is it? Oh, geez. Can the meats be used like they? I just can't have it at breakfast? Uh, no, I think it's what you would consider a breakfast meat. So, like, you going with bacon? You going with sausage? Yeah, but if I if I don't go with bacon, then I can't have a bacon cheeseburger. It may not be that way. I don't. I don't know. the The question didn't specify. And I didn't have enough time to engrave. Is there no one added enough detail to this thing, or what? I, 
I don't know. They were trying to save me, I think, from having to. Let's see. I'd say uh, I've stalled enough. I guess I have to take bacon. I don't know. I feel like so, I'm turning my back on sausage. What about chorizo? Somebody suggested chorizo. That's that's kind of a. I'm intrigued. I had a chance to go for chorizo breakfast burrito the other day, and I didn't. I got scared. I got scared away. Chorizo can be a little every, too spicy for me, though. If you had it every day, though, I think it would kind of lose some of its pizzazz. Yeah, it it needs to like <laughs> pop in every now and then. Yeah. You know, it can't just be like Kramer popping in every episode. It's it's like In and Out and Whataburger. You just need it every once in a while to keep the keep keep the the spark alive. When's the last time you've had either one of those? Uh, it's been a long time, years. Yeah, you. I we went out to California once, BC. I think Brunson and I had In and Out like three times in a thirty-six hour window somewhere in there. Yep. I've only yeah. had In and Out one time in my life. So whenever there's that big discussion where you got to pick a side, I don't feel like I'm qualified. <laughs> I think according to the debate rules, you're supposed to then just go all in on one really, really yeah, hard. I see. And back it up. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. Have I you have... had Whataburger more than one time? Um, no. See, I, I'm not, I'm just not well traveled in my burger experiences with those chains. Um, so I would defend Five Guys, I guess, like it's my child, just because I know, because <laughs> I know it better. I never would have guessed that Five Guys was going to be. I, I might have put you down for like a Hardee's. Like maybe you just go all in on Hardee's or Carl's Jr. wherever you see that. I think Five Guys is great. I mean, and I, I appreciate that like their their small fry is like, here, take all the fries that we just cooked, you know, like have them in your bag. Just smothered in peanut oil. Yeah, there you go. Um, take a year off your life, but that's okay. I would answer to the question, by the way, bacon, but uh, it is a tough one because um, there's certain parts. Like if I've brought a McDonald's twice today, for, which is odd because I never go there hardly. But um, <laughs> like if I do like on a road trip, my brother and I, when we're going up to like a Vikings game or something, we're like, we got to get like a McMuffin like to get it going, get the ride going. And I always get the sausage McMuffin. Mm -hmm. I would take that any day over the bacon. And yet I would pick bacon as my my piece here. So it is a. Good, good, good question. Fair. Uh, makes you ponder a bit. It does make you ponder. Yes. What? What's your? <laughs> what, where are you going, Brunts? A chorizo. I like. I like a good chorizo breakfast burrito. Okay. Get the. I actually had one this morning. <laughs> so this is where the question comes from. Yeah. Uh, no, well, no. The, I th the question was posed, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds pretty good. I'll hit that on the way." Uh, uh, this morning, so I got to like it. So, did you make your own? Like, was it a breakfast burrito? Did you make your own thing, or I, was it? I, I went got my Lincoln is surprisingly devoid of breakfast burrito options. I, I probably need to be careful saying that, but um, wow, I made my own. Wow, you like De Leon's is right there, Avalardo's right there, just kicking them. It feels weird. It feels weird going through that drive-through in the morning, like when the lights when it's light out. I mean, I, look, I'm a degenerate. I've done it. <laughs> I've done it. That, that's all I got. That's that's everything off the wheel. Oh, that's it? That's yeah, it? We're sorry. done? Yeah. Yep. We're done. All right. Well, this is where I mentioned that everyone should check out Husker247.com. Plenty of coverage going on. Uh, there are still things happening. Nebraska seems to be getting a different preferred walk-on every day of the week. Uh, I'm not sure what that's about, but 
we'll maybe have to discuss that at some point as to who some of these people are. They're, of course, out on the road recruiting. They had coaches in Illinois, Florida, Texas. Uh, I don't remember where else I saw someone pop up. Yeah, California uh, yesterday. So coaches are out on the road. They're certainly working on the recruiting classes. They're going to start bringing in visitors here in the month of May, I believe. Uh, as we get deeper into the month, certainly in June, they're going to have official visits. Camps, we've seen plenty of recruits mentioned they've been invited to Nebraska camps. Those will be going on all throughout June. So we're going to have coverage of all of that at Husker247.com. Of course, there's still a baseball team. They still play games. They still make you very mad, sometimes very happy. Uh, Brunts, what is our update? Where Who do they got this weekend? Uh, three at home against Penn State and then three on the road against Purdue. And that's that's the regular season. So they basically they got to go like five and one, four and two, For, six and zero. Oh. No, I mean they could probably go three and three and comfortably make the Big Ten tournament. I think so. Yeah, but we we didn't have some momentum going into that Big Ten. Tournament. Well, sure, but yeah, thirteen wins is is generally what you got to get to, and they're at ten in conference right now. So that's no. that's they where should, it stands. They, they should go at least four and two though, if you're feeling yeah. like they got no, something you, happening. Four four two five and one. You you feel yeah. pretty good about that yes do they have enough pitching to get to like the fourth day of a tournament if you win the first two potentially but <laughs> all right well if they win enough then the pitching will not matter yeah then the, then the problem solved no right. they uh they would need to get some strong starts from olsen and Kamenska right out of the gates all right well we appreciate you listening to husker 24 7 podcast we'll be back next week with some more podcast content be sure to check out husker 24 7 over the weekend i'm mike schaefer for michael brunts and brian christopherson we're husker 24 7 we'll catch you next time